Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Super Bowl L-I-V. Day three, Radio Row in the books. The Believe Podcast Network. This is Joshua Fisher of the Charity Stripe. This show brings with you interviews by Ryan Dirud of LA Football Network, Cam Rogers of Believe in Ravens, and my co-host Alex Tosby the Rock Desopolis of the Charity Stripe. But who do we interview at Radio Row? Day three, more importantly... We got Carlos Dunlap, Alan Page Award winner Brandon Copeland, Dahani Jones, former N, Ricardo Lockett, y'all know him, running back, the running back, y'all, Ronnie Brown, and of course, we're closing out with Buffalo Bills star rookie Devin Singletary. This is not one you want to miss, so don't stop this thing. All right, here we go. The Believe Network super team bringing you some interviews. Up first, we got Carlos Dunlap of the Cincinnati Bengals. Not, it would <laughs> never be that. You know, if we ever had dinner and the girl gets up from the table, it's not a good day, right? It's oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I got to go take a quick call in the bathroom. Right, yeah. She's probably like, a bad You don't come back, dude. Yeah, you're, like, you're like, your phone's at the ta- on the <laughs> table still. <laughs> it's that <laughs> bad. It's that bad she leaves about? the technology right. behind. Dude. She'll, she'll go back to the restaurant the next day and go get it. Right. Carlos Dunlap, guys, welcome to the show, man. Dude, what's been good? What's been new? How's the offseason treating you? Uh, it's been really good. Um, you know, I pretty much haven't really started my offseason yet. Okay. Um, for me, it doesn't start after the Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. I really left, you know, the season and went straight into my season because it's peak season for my restaurant. Yeah. Ooh. Let's hear about that. Oh, yeah. What kind of yeah. food? Uh, honey Uninhibited. Yeah. Okay. Got the T-shirt on. Got the merch on. Uh, but it's it's breakfast, breakfast and brunch. Um, you know, so we serve breakfast till four. Yeah. Bro, dude, I my see. last meal. If I was on, if I was on death row, right? Breakfast. My last three eggs, scrambled eggs, yes. bacon, corned yes. beef hash, biscuit. Yeah, for me, it's grits, eggs, and sausage, or pancakes, right. eggs, and sausage. Dude, mm-hmm. uh. any any woman looking to to court me, just, just make <laughs> some good pancakes. <laughs> some flapjacks on deck, dude. Yes. What's she has, yeah. yeah. What's the specialty there? Do you have like a special dish, or is it all pretty? traditional our top sellers the last uh three weeks has been the short rib benedict it comes Ooh. on braised short rib on top of a, a cheesy grit cake um that we make in-house um uh the hollyberry french toast um named after hollyberry and she comes uh, out and takes a photo with you every yeah, day she should come out and take yeah. a photo with get us. your yeah. team on that yeah it's th- it's stuffed with berries um and two hollow hollow pieces of bread Stuff with uh, berry compote, and you know, come out with our vanilla anglaise. You like holla, dude? Yes, it's I love holla. Yeah, yes. yeah holla yeah. is like yeah. it's the only thing we do right as Jews. Well, come holla at me. Oh, come holla at you. Where is it? Where's <laughs> it? Where's <laughs> it? Where? I'll holla at you too. I'm breakfast yeah. all day. Where, where is it? Where's the, where's the restaurant? <laughs> it's in Brickles, uh, seven miles from here, twenty minutes. Um, really? So it's within reach. You know, Uber everywhere. What time? Just one, lift. just one location right now. Yeah, one location right now. Uh, working on cleaning things up, creating some systems, building my team. Get your thing and going. Then, yeah. And then I'll. You can't you know, be like. Bring it to yeah. LA, baby. We'll be there. Yeah, yeah you See, can't. That's what I'm saying. Cincinnati's calling. I, I want to do one in Charleston, LA. You know, the Griddle Cafe out there is really good. That's, yeah. Have you that's, been? You like pancakes, dude? Yes. That's I love the Griddle the Cafe. Best, the best. Best. Yeah. yeah. Pancakes the size of like a. Like are massive, a mad, like Queen yeah. Latifah booty cheek, dude. That thing is so big. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is 
that thing. One shaker too. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like ten years ago. Where's your mind at right now? That was a strange direction. I don't know, dude. I think I've I think I've used that analogy before. That's why I had it at the tip of my tongue. Oh wow, set it off. I'm, I'm the best. We all laugh because it's true, though. You know, y'all. Those are the biggest I, pancakes I, I've ever seen. Yeah, the pancakes are huge, but I don't know about the Queen Latifah reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, chalk it up as a weird one of the day, man. Yeah. Oh, that's great, though. How do you get into the restaurant business? Like, what, what made you? What fueled that? For me, I like commercial real estate, um, and I've been, you know, uh, kind of, I don't know, scouting the area for a while now. And, you know, a really good restaurant closed uh, about two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it was a breakfast restaurant. They closed down. Uh, I became really good friends with the owner and the chef. I was trying to actually, you know, buy a commercial real estate piece yeah. closer to, to the Brickell area and get them in there and get them to, you know, rent for me slash be an owner so I could pay myself rent. And, you know, uh, you know, it didn't work out for them. They decided that they wanted to, you know, close the business down here and, and open two more up north where they were from versus staying down here in Miami where the real estate's higher, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it works out for them and it worked out for me. You know, right now we're currently four and a half stars and I've only been there personally three weeks. Dude, so, look at so that. That's man. amazing. But that's we've huge. been open. You're about to bring the extra half star up, baby. Right. That's how you're yeah. gonna do, man. So that's the goal, you know. Um, What's, what's the vibe like? Is it like uh, yeah, diner-ish? The vibe is really good. Uh, it's a New York, Chicago loft-style feel of a mm. restaurant. Um, you know, we got woods, the meadows, the earth tones, uh, the music. We play a little bit of everything. Um, you can hear artists like uh, Sango. Um, you can hear some old-school hip-hop. You can hear Marshmallow in there. You can hear... Uh, Marshmallow, Kygo. Marshmallow Kygo. like dude, I, I love me some Kygo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm Norwegian, sure so. and like, boop, boop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so, so we got a, a whole different uh, types of vibes, vibes for everyone, food for everyone, um, and food inspired by my travels around the world. That's awesome, man. I got to ask you about vibes, though. I want to know what the vibe was like in that Florida Gator locker room. Oh. I, it, I think that mm. was second to none. Um, no, literally, it is second. It is like the best. That's a guy be like one of the best assembled teams in sports history. I it's honestly think so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people creating debates on whether it's the Miami team or if you ask Kyle over there, he'll say the USC team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I think I'm going to pick us. I'm going to bet on us. If we played them, I would still bet on us. You know, I'm always going to put our money on us. And I think on a football field, uh, in college sports, uh, there was no team better than the Florida Gators. Who was the funniest dude in the locker room? The funniest dude in the locker everyone's room. Everyone's always go back. Yeah. Everyone's always got one guy in the locker room. Who's I know, crazy. but you're making me go back. <laughs> That's college, man. Oh man, we had we had a variety of funny dudes. Uh, some guys, you know, were funny like in like wide open, like dancing all the time. Some guys had jokes, <laughs> but. Dang. It's just a good time all around. Yeah, I can't. No Brandon was, Lang on their team. There were so many different yeah. dudes in the locker room yeah, man. that you could count on. You know, uh, you know the invisible uh, prank that we pulled on Tim Tebow that you know never made it out. <laughs> what was that? Can you, can you yeah. share? The impossible sit up. You guys might have heard of it. 
but we're not going. We're not going to talk anymore. <laughs> not about gonna, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There it is, cliffhanger. Yeah, you can you can look it up if you want. Right? You've had a great career. I don't know. It, oh, it might, maybe it might be out. It might not, not be. No, the video definitely is. <laughs> not leave. You know, my mind's going everywhere room, right now. What happens in the locker room in the stadium stays there. You know, yeah. the Vegas rule. Yeah, yeah. man. What happens yeah. in the stadium stays there. What was it like just playing in the swamp? I mean, we were talking earlier. You saw my hat, and you were giving me a little bit of a grief. But I give you a little bit of credit. You know. Playing in LSU at night and beating them um, was amazing. But y'all's crowd was seconds to none. They, yeah, they hit Death Valley's, yeah, it's a good stadium. Yeah, they, hit, yeah. Urban with a, they hit Urban with a beer can coming off the bus. So, Jesus. So he, he was ready to suit Game up. On. But, yeah, what's, but what's the swamp like? like what's the swamp is seconds to none. Uh, I feel like uh, when you walk in there, the 12th man is real. It's very intimidating for young players, any players, any team that's coming in there and thinking they're, they're catching momentum. Uh, very quickly, our 12th man steps steps up and, you know, kind of shuts that down, puts fear in them, make it hard to communicate uh, to one another. You know, like now in the NFL, Seattle, uh, who else? Uh, KC. Uh, is it brutal playing in Seattle? Is it tough playing in Seattle and KC sometimes? Yeah, the, I, I'm – you know, don't don't put it on the record, but I think they strategically built that stadium oh, that way did. to enhance it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it's on the record. It's they on did. the record. Everyone knows that. Yeah, because yeah. like I literally could be looking at you like how close we're sitting, yeah. and you'll just see my lips moving and yeah. won't hear me. Like it's crazy. That's not. That's that's yeah. Second to none. Yeah. But it's fun to play in. I love going on the road into environments like that. Yeah. I, I you know one of my things is you know boot the shit out of me. Cause yeah, you like yeah, don't you, care. you love yeah. you feed I don't that. Care. Yeah. I love it. Like please boo me, please boo me. What what away stadium is your favorite to play in? Do you have one or they're all the uh, same? Pittsburgh is one. Pittsburgh Rival, at night. Of course. You know Seattle. Ooh. Uh, the New York in New York at night feel like you're Met playing in the middle of Times Square. New York is the most yeah. brutal place in the yes. world, man. Yes, that, yeah. that's it's a bitch stadium. to get to. Yeah, man. Honestly, the guys yeah. that play in New York, I can't imagine it's going through hell. Right. You could go. You go 300 yards, four touchdowns, through one pick. Mm-hmm. They'll still crush you right. the next day. Mm-hmm. So you've been in Cincinnati. You have 81 and a half sacks in your career. You ever think you get to that point? We have 81 and a half NFL sacks. Well, the goal was always to get plus 100. So yeah, clearly we're. Oh, you're, you're gonna away from this there. year. Yeah. You're gonna get this is the year. Yeah. You're right there, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's make it happen. Hell this yeah. Year. yeah, 2020. Yeah. Oh, let's make 2020. Yeah. Let's make it, dude. Yeah, 2020. Division. So Just much get 23. Clear. Just get 23. Break dude, the record. Break. 23 is the record. That's been my goal every season. So that's what I. That's why I set. Yeah. Going into the season, so the 2020 happen this At season. least get 20, and then you're into the hundreds. Right. right. There At we least go. get 20, but yeah. you know why not 23? Why not? We shoot for 23 and hope to accomplish everything along the way. Make it 24. Make it 24. Yeah. Let's make it 24. 24. That's resetting the record. You know, 22 and a half is the record, so 23 is set it, and 24 erase it. Yeah. What? Oh. I was. That's why. Yeah. 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 Kobe. Kobe, Yeah. I just. I just copped the Kobe piece last night. I I read about that. Yeah. Yeah. I copped Kobe piece last night. I was able to, you know, bid on, uh, you know, five replica rings signed by Glazers party. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That was a cool. That was was, that. That went good. You got that? Yeah. Oh, dude. I was wondering. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I was wondering who was gonna get that. I was literally about to leave the party, and I was like, dang, I didn't look at the auction items, and I walked over there. And the Kobe one grabbed me. So yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, I got to get this. I almost spent $700 in a Usain Bolt signed jersey. Ooh, I, I wanted the Messi, too. but The, the Messi, Messi was nice, The dude. Messi one, I was like, I don't know if this is really his autograph. I don't want to get into that. Plus, I would rather it be personalized. But, you know, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. I can't get the Kobe one currently. So, you know, I jumped on the opportunity to get something, uh, some of his memorabilia that I feel like was very valuable yeah. to me. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. You jersey swap a lot? 
Uh, yeah, but, you know, the Bengals do a good job keeping a hold on that, so you, you're not going to do that every game because, <laughs> you know. They don't want to replace your jersey. You know, the, the replacement and the, 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 the price gets more hefty as you go. Yeah, yeah. They, they tax you on that guy right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, because they got to pretty much get it done in three days if they don't have it in stock. Yeah, how fun is it lining up to Geno, lining up the next, next to Geno Atkins? It's very fun, you know. Uh, he can take over the game at any given time. You know, we got guys like Sam Hubbard stepping up. And then yeah, he's good, Carl, man. I got, like him. We mm-hmm. got Carl Lawson as well. Lawson. Uh, so we got a young D-line yeah. group that's, you know, coming into its own. So, uh, you know, they I can't like the team. defense. Yeah. The defense is good. You know, Willie. <laughs> yeah, a lot of good things at Radio Row, man. Right. Yeah. 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 Don't blink. The, yeah. uh, the, um, <laughs> I like Will, I like William Jackson a lot too, man. He's yes. a, he's a baller, dude. Yes. I'm waiting for him to bust out and do something yeah. sick. Yeah, he's he's going. Ha- I mean, his first year, he's he, great. He, he bursted out and you know this contract year. So a lot of people, you know, come into that contract year uh, with that extra motivation and they take their game to another level. But he's been a solidified player for us for a while now, and we look forward to seeing him continue to develop and become that dominant shutdown corner because he has that potential. Cool. Two more questions for you. This, I have one. You have one cool. For this one, you could tell me to kick rocks if you can't answer it, all right? Yeah. What do you want to do with the 1-1? One, one? With the 1-1? One, one? The first overall pick. Oh, with the 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Round one, pick he has, one. He asked questions in a really weird way. Right. <laughs> I, I see that. Like Queen Latifah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So uh, what do I personally want to do? Weird reference out of the way. Oh, weird oh, question no. out of the way. No, no, I, don't get, I don't get into personal uh, references. I, I did make a call to our owner. Uh, you know, they, they kicked me out of that office, too, so I'm not going to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. <laughs> Made a quick phone call. Yeah. Uh, what, you want a question, Ryan? Yeah, outside of yourself, obviously. Yeah. Who's the best pass rusher in the NFL? Outside of myself, uh, who's, who's the best one? pass rusher in the NFL? And yeah, my guy Von Miller was walking by earlier. Yeah, Von. Donald's Von, great here. Von, Von is, like, the youngest player to accomplish 100 sacks, so you can't deny that. Uh, you know Chandler, he's been heating it up for a he's long awesome. time. Yeah, so I love his he's game. Amazing. Um, the Bosa brothers, you know these. Yep. They trying to play together years, too, dude. Yeah, that's scary. They've been. They came into the league ready, hot, on fire. Not too many players have done that. You know. Uh, you know, I accomplished my my team's uh, rookie record, but I didn't have as many sacks as they had their rookie years. You know. Yeah. So hats off to them. Those boys. You know, those boys are ballers. Yeah, um, man, they good. I don't think you could label just one player because nobody has reset that record that's been sitting up there for you know a minute now a minute that's a good point it's, a good it's point. gonna there's so much pass game going now that yeah. it's gonna happen soon and then too, I think. my my high school teammate robert quinn he's been very close to resetting yeah. that record yeah. too yeah dude. see what he did with dallas when he was healthy um so he's dynamite what, this year who, yeah. what high schooler is gonna come out and play quarterback with you two on the line <laughs> what fool is doing that? Right. Uh, he was actually a linebacker at the time, but we made sure we were on opposite sides. Uh, but, yeah. Run the ball they, a lot. That's they, what they did. They I we had Byron Maxwell as a corner, so we had a pretty – Yeah, stacked team. If, I, if, oh I'm, a head, if I'm the opposite head coach, I'm playing the backup quarterback because I just don't want him to get injured. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, so, at that I'm so scared. I'm taking you, the L. Well, you I'm running the ball 50 we times. We played against A.J. Green, so they just threw it up, you know. Yeah. It was, a, you know, wow. 50-50 ball between Jesus, him and Byron, man. but Byron – didn't get to play in his senior season because he got hurt. So, you know, that gave them a little bit of an advantage. But, yeah, go watch that uh, YouTube highlight. Dude, the first play uh, of that game. I'm down, man. Yeah, That's going to be 95 amazing. 95 yards, kick return. Kick you return. Did, you return a kick 95? Hell yeah. yeah. Coach was like, 
we need we need a boost. We need a spark. He said, "Go back there." So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Six six. Who's bringing you down, man? Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Who wants to try? No yeah, one. I'll take, right. a, I'll take a rain I check on that one. I wasn't two eighty at the time though, so uh, I was still six six. <laughs> Jesus. But I wasn't two eighty at the time, so <laughs> guys, guys might have felt a little bit more encouraged about doing so. Yeah. yeah. But, business uh, decisions. Yeah. Uh, business decisions. Last one right here. What's your favorite sports memory? Could be any one you got. Watching, playing. Uh, winning uh, defensive MVP of the national championship in college. And splitting MVP with Tim Tebow, um, you know, that was a huge accomplishment. Um, that's something that I would like to feel at this level as well. You got it. Um, and, you know, getting that Super Bowl ring because, you know, I told my family, you know, my mom wears one of the rings on her neck and my dad wears the other one on his finger. And I told them both that, I, you know, I don't want I don't want to put them in a display case or wear them myself until I had the opportunity or got one at this level in the NFL. I hope you get one, man. Yeah. I hope you do, Rooting too. For you. Only 30, it. dude. Yes. Oh, you've been dominant, baby. Yeah. Keep it going. Not yes, Keep chasing that dream. You're going to get it, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, yeah, and go check out Honey Unlimited. We're got, honey, what's, what time is it? What time? Unhibited. Unhibited. Honey Unhibited. But Food Unlimited. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Good turn. Good turn. food, but we don't have bottomless mimosas. We have mimosa kits. Okay. So we Ooh. give you the bottle, you create your own mimosas, and do what you as you please. And maybe tomorrow morning, 7.30 a.m., we'll be there before oh, yes. we come I'm here. Down. And yeah, now, now what you got to do, you got one thing on the menu with Halle Berry involved. you yes. got to gotta mix Latifah. in Queen Latifah now. <laughs> yeah. you got yeah. to. In some way. To me. I don't yeah. want any credit. Gotta have come up with some queen, queen cakes. <laughs> some queen cakes or the, the waffle. Yeah, the, the waffle, waffle with a bunch of berries. Yeah. Queen Latifah. Oh. I got I to I think of something. Yeah, get the juices flowing. You probably spin something. The juice is flowing. Oh, God. This it's taking a wrong turn. <laughs> that's that that's this that's a right. common term, man. Yeah. That's a common term, man. Yeah. That's just not we'll, a me. We'll, we'll drizzle the honey all over. <laughs> yeah, there you that. go, yeah. man. All right, <laughs> Carlos Dunlap. Thanks for joining us. That was a fun Thanks one, man. So Thanks, much. Thanks, brother. Right. Honey unhibited, food unlimited. I don't want to brag about making the new slogan for Carlos Dunlap's restaurant, nor do I want to brag about creating a dish centered around Queen Latifah, but I did it. Dunlap, great guy, great interview, love what he had to say. But guess what? Like you heard in the intro, we got more. The Alan Page Award winner, an amazing guy, so well-spoken. You'll hear it for yourself. We loved him. Brandon Copeland up next. We'll keep that for the end, man, because you just might run up on yeah, out of here. Patriots, yeah, you know, Brandon Culver, New York Jets, man. How's it going, brother? It's going great, man. How you doing? Good. You're looking sharp as a tack, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah. Man. Sometimes you got to look the part. Sometimes yeah, you got to look the part. Yeah, yeah. How's the offseason treating you? It's been great. It's been great. I'm uh, in the full swing of things. I've been, uh, you know, came right into the offseason and started planning the, a lot of foundation events. I have a foundation, Beyond the Basics, Inc., you know, we're playing in a charity basketball game at the Barclays Center. So, Dude, let's yeah, go. Man, That's legit. Know, celebrity basketball game. Literally, the goal, though, is, is obviously having a great time and experience for the people. But ultimately, there's a lot of people who walk past Barclays on a daily basis and literally can't afford to walk in. So totally. we're literally just opening it up, giving a bunch of tickets away to students, kids, homeless shelters, all of that. Type Dude, of I stuff. love that, so, man. Yeah, Where do you come up with that fun. idea? God, man, to be quite honest with you guys. No. My wife and I, uh, we started our foundation uh, three years ago and, you know, beyond the basic sink, like I said, but we're really just trying to expose people to different opportunities, you know, give them a, something, to, not something to fight for, but help them create their vision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything we're doing, you know, to be quite honest with you, is next level in the sense of I, I don't want it to just be your simple 
football camp or your mm. simple event. Yeah. It's like how do we create sustainable change and create impact? So, yeah. you know, even with that, that basketball game the day before, we're taking 10 kids who are hardworking, have all the talent in the world, yet they're in terrible situations sometimes, and, and we're taking them on an exposure day. We're taking them to tour the New York Stock Exchange. We're taking them to Google. We're taking them to a hedge fund. We're taking them to Time and Nike, right? And so now a kid who has always been told, you know, it's, it's about sports or it's about X or it's, you know, something. Or you can't do this. This is un, un, unobtainable. Exactly. You can't achieve this. You take them and you show them this is doable. That's doable. Yeah, exactly. You can get here. Yep. You're you know, living proof, if you choose. Yeah. Dude, yeah. man, you're a practice squad. And then now starting. Yeah. Jets. Yeah. Crazy. You ever thought that? You're on the practice squad for the Ravens, Titans, and you're thinking you're going to get there someday. You yeah. feeling that, man? Yeah, 100%. I think if you, if you don't – then you don't make it this long. No way. Uh, you know, yeah. going into year eight in the NFL, it's like Jesus, if you, man. if and and being on a roller coaster ride. Totally. Or, I mean, I've literally torn pack. Yeah, I've had the game taken away. Torn pack. You told me I'm just not good enough. Uh, practice squad, everything. Like any way you can have the game taken away from you, I've had it, yeah. and it's literally just a testament to one belief in self, two belief in the vision. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have the vision when things get tough. Right. When things get dark, they lose it. They lose it. Man. Exactly. It's easier to start to chip away at how far your vision is or that end goal. Right. And and so just staying strong to that and, and ultimately just just working. Man. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Like a tunnel is a tunnel is a tunnel is a tunnel. You know what I'm saying? There's always a light. When things get hard, right, you just start, you cover your own eyes, right? And you yep. refuse to see the light at the end yep. of that thing, yep. man. Yep. And there's the difference between insanity, right? When you when you know, hey, I'm, I'm just not good enough to be in this league. But when I had a glimpse and I felt, no, I can be a damn good player in this league. I just need the right opportunity and fortunately you know like I said the way God works he put me in the right position right situations and and I've just worked my tail off to make sure you know there's no looking back what was the most gratifying moment so far Ooh, like a moment where you where you were able to finally just go like like you just did like sit down yeah. and breathe man to be quite honest with you I, I just just had it to be quite honest with you I think uh I just recently came from that's why I'm dressed up is press conference i got awarded the alan page community award for the year which is uh basically named after justice alan page a, a former nfl player did a lot of things off the field yeah um to help impact others lives they basically narrow it down to five players in the entire nfl and they named me the the guy right and and with that you know it's a player vote and that means that the things that I'm doing off the field, my peers respect that. And when you look at that list of guys up there, you see Brandon Carr. So many good guys. Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Demario Davis, Geno Atkins, and the undrafted free agent out of University of Pennsylvania. Probably the only guy who's been cut. Right? <laughs> only been cut, practice squad, out of an Ivy League school. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. And so, again, for me, it's never a... Oh, I'm done working. It's yeah. just more of a wow. I'm proud of myself. This was all worth it. Yeah. Unless we're just done warming up. Right. Yeah. Now it's In a weird to really way, go. too. Are you thankful for the adversity to kind of 100%. allow you to just build through that? 100. percent I think the adversity has helped uh, prepare me 
one, the adversity makes you grateful when you do appreciate stuff. And, that, and one of the things I always tell people, too, if I didn't go through practice squad, I probably wouldn't be here now in the sense of I, I wouldn't value every play, every snap. Every totally every every lift. moment counted. Every practice snap exactly. counted. When you, you milk have it. when you've been kicked out of the league, yeah, man. Uh, not good enough, right? You value coming in and and sitting in the cold tubs and being around the facility and enjoying the conversations with guys. Because I remember when my my fingerprint wouldn't work or my key code would not work, right? So now you got to pay to get me to leave the locker room at times, right? Because again, I value it. So, you know, I remember coming back into the NFL uh, in my third year when, you know, again, I finally got another shot. Uh, and, you know, I remember I told people I had a Peyton Manning perspective because one of the things Peyton Manning always said was, you know, after being, after the neck injury, now he values the meetings and the film and the cold tub and the notes and all of that type of stuff. Well, me, I did it as well without the neck injury. You know, right. I, I value it now because I've had that perspective of being out the league. It's crazy. So. It's crazy. Amazing, man. Jets. J-E-T-S. All right, man. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I told you, well, you know I'm a Pats fan. You know I'm a diehard. All right. My father <laughs> is J-E-T-S. My cousin, J huge. Wow. To the, to the point where one time the Jets beat the Pats. I must have been like 11 years old. My dad, they beat him, goes, yeah. Right in my face and walked out of the room. Oh my like, God. That's, that's tough. No, that, right. that's tough. It's New York for you, man. Right, like right. this is where I grew that's up. Cutthroat. You know what I'm saying? My his dad's from Boston. That's how I became a Pats fan. I have faith because I'm looking at the team and I'm going, couldn't have started worse, truthfully. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you get 14 back yep. and you get 14 rolling. Yep. Having him back is one thing. Having him get rolling is another. The defense is kind. You guys are kind of there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The pieces are in place, man. We have Quinn and Williams, your boy, tomorrow at 9.30. Here. Oh, nice. Tell yeah. Q I said what up. Of course, go. man. Big baby. He, oh, yeah, literally, right? <laughs> literally, I look at that guy. I'm like, how old is that kid? Yeah, I mean, right. You look at him, he's huge, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. A great dude. Great head on his shoulders. And, again, you look around our locker room, we have, we have the right pieces. It's about being consistent mm -hmm. and not letting our foot off the gas pedal. And so I think it's consistency is – you know, in the same vein as that, and you know, when you have a team down, finish them. I know, right? and knowing like a guy like like the Bills, week one, it, it, you go, knowing you guys can compete with the playoff team, right. you're in there with playoff teams, and now it's just about finishing the job yeah. and getting the job done. C.J. Mosley unfortunately goes down for the year. How is your relationship with him? New guy to the team, you've been there before. Yep. Now all of a sudden, you 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 were getting kicked out. Now you've been there. You're in the locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, you know how to deal with this. How'd that work out between you guys? Yeah, C.J. is a, a leader of. of Alpha males, clearly, right? Yeah, um, it's a beast. You know, he, his heart and soul of the defense. Obviously, it's tough not having him there week in and week out. But CJ was uh, very, very mature about it, and, and very much of a leader and teammate about it. And the fact that he was still participating in meetings and and obviously working his tail off to get back onto the field. But even when he was finally put on an injured reserve, he he literally was still in meetings, still giving Love his that. knowledge of the game and stuff like that, right? It's crazy. Which, and his first again, year with the organization, to his, too, man. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But it speaks to his character, right? He's a he's a teammate, right? And Committed. He has a crazy amount of passion for this game. So, you know, clearly, uh, you know, getting healthy this offseason and, and coming back next year, I'm sure he's – I feel bad for, <laughs> for the opposing offenses. I'm, I'm excited. I think I'm, – I'm curious to see what you guys do mm -hmm. at 11. There's a you could you could just keep stocking up on the defense. 
good. And then <laughs> <laughs> off the or, record, or off the record, or I guess I could say whatever I want. It's my show. Right. Uh, or you can go for if Judy's there. I mean, I've never seen a dude run routes like that. There's a multitude of ways you can go, but it's one or two pieces away. Man. Right. It's close. Exactly. It's, it's exciting. To, it is exciting to see. I mean, I feel I feel bad for my dad. I want him to get one. You know, he <laughs> needs it, right? And, right. I, and I like you. You know, so like, I, I hate. That's what I hate. I, I'm, rooting, I'm, I'm interviewing guys with teams I grew up rooting against, right, and now right. I'm like rooting for these teams. Eventually, I won't be a Patriots fan anymore. <laughs> right, I'll just right. be like a football fan. After yeah. Williams tomorrow, he's a yeah. Jets fan. I know, literally. dude. You, That's between it. you and him, he'll be sold, right? <laughs> dude, I got to ask you, you, Maryland guy, Owings Mills, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, what he's yeah. doing with the quarterback position right now. What do you make of his play? It's, it's amazing. I think when we had to prepare to play him, one of the things that is different about the NFL is you're always going to try to find someone's weakness yeah. and, and, and a kink in someone's armor, right? Or a chink in someone's armor, right? And uh, what we, that that was the one of the first weeks and the first time I've been in the NFL where no one could say anything negative about what Lamar Jackson was doing, right? right. And I yes. think that that's the beautiful thing. And, and clearly the, the their run didn't go as far as everyone expected for them to. And, you know, some people in the media piled on him about that and everything like that. It's ridiculous. But again, you know, that that's he needs to keep doing exactly what he's doing. Yeah, they're like a LaVisca Chenault away from ruining our lives, man. Like one <laughs> wide receiver. <laughs> Give us a big body on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's crazy. What's your favorite sports memory? I got to know. Favorite sports memory? Any time in your life, man. Your favorite. Personal? You're talking yeah. about? Yeah, you. Oh, man. Uh I went to the University of Pennsylvania. No one probably knows this because, you know, y'all don't really watch our football. Uh, but I went to the University of Pennsylvania. We won three out of four championships when I was there. And and my favorite memory for me was senior year. We played Harvard in the championship game. Yeah. You know, and, and I started the game, first played the game with a sack, and I ended the game with a sack safety. And for me, that was the championship game. We were 21-point underdogs. Kyle Juszczyk, really? oh, the Juz. former Baltimore Raven. Let's he go. had three touchdowns against us at Harvard. He was an H-back tight end, everything. Juszczyk uh, and all won like 28-21, I believe. But uh, for me personally, personal journey, clearly there's been great moments in the NFL and stuff like that. But for you know, a personal yeah, standpoint, man. that – the Copeland sack the sandwich. Game. Yeah, right you started and ended with that in the sack. And uh, dude, these answers we get are so good because it's something we've always. Ne- I used to try to guess them, right? Uh-huh. I try to guess them. I try to guess one of our first, one of the first guys I ever interviewed was uh, is Nate Boyer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah first one of the first guys I ever interviewed, and I try to guess, you know, what his what his mm-hmm. uh, big moment was. Probably, you know, playing an NFL game, and it wasn't. I was wrong. Yeah, I was completely wrong. From that moment, I was like, all right. I'm going to be surprised every damn time. And this is, I love it, man. It's a great answer. One more time, name of the charity. Beyond the Basics, Inc. And if anybody wants to find any info on it, brandoncopeland.com. And my Instagram and Twitter are bcope51, bcope51. And, yeah, find out any more info. You can donate. You can come. You can show up. Have a good time. Got any organizations close to you? Let us know about them, and we'll, Please, you know, yeah, we'll have great. to do a show. Yeah, come, come out. Come yeah, 100%, man. It'd be a, it would be the most fun I'd ever have with the Meadowlands, honestly. Vico, <laughs> <laughs> right? thanks for joining awesome, us so man. much, brother. We'll be rooting for you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Later. Of all the guys in the NFL, Copeland won the Allen Page Award. Amazing. First community service. He's such a good guy. I mean, what he's doing with the Barclays Center is just so amazing. I, I have to go back and listen to it, honestly. Um, because I was so, 
I was so impressed. I really was. Uh, and his journey and the way his, his work ethic, you could see it in his eyes and in the way he talks. I mean, it was just, you know, it's a guy you got to root for, right? I mean, you meet all these guys and you root for him, but him especially um, is a guy we're really pulling for. And that's coming from a Patriots fan, all right? J-E-T-S. Might be in. Definitely not out. But another guy, speaking of well-spoken, I'm, I just want to grab a beer with Dahani Jones. You'll hear it for yourselves, guys. I mean, this guy could straight up be a professor at Harvard, uh, and I would enroll back in classes uh, and head back to college for that reason and obviously many others. Dahani Jones. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you real quick. Yeah. My wife uh, is at the hospital, so I'm waiting to call. So if I get up, I'm not being rude. I'm just answering that You're call. You're just having a baby? Yeah, yeah pretty There's much. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, I'm not bailing on the conversation. but Where's your, Where is your wife? L.A. So. so you really can't go anywhere. No. So you but. really can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you would be really bailing on. Well, this. now I am. Yeah. I mean, it's not like father of the not, wait, not wait, father so of the she's, year. Right? She's going to call and tell you that she's going into labor. No, it's just a, it's a appointment. Wait, there's like some complications and stuff. That they're, getting, they're getting checked I, out. So. I understand. I've been through it so. three times. And congratulations. Yeah. It's, uh, How old are your kids? Uh, seven and four. Damn. Man. Yeah. So it's uh. Hey, man. Having children is a wonderful experience, but it's also one of the most difficult experiences yeah. you'll go through. That's what I've been told. So Dehani Jones, looks, you look good for a seven and a four-year-old, though, man. <laughs> hey, kids are great. Yeah, man. <laughs> What's new with you, dude? You won a natty in 97. You won, how was that? How was winning the natty, man, in 97? Um, it was great. You know, um, you know I, I look back on you know national championships and, um, you know, you know, I don't think that, well, for me, right, I always looked at football as just a way to play. Yeah, man. Right, and have a good time, have fun, uh, and be out on the field. I never really paid too much attention to all the hype around it. Okay. Right, because I was just basically living in these moments, and when I was on the field, I always tried to concentrate and uh, not allow the noise to kind of get in the way. Right, because if you're if you're on the field and you're thinking about the fans, if you're thinking about all the TV, if you're thinking about all the media, if you're thinking about all the coaches, and you think about all your players and friends and everybody else, then all of a sudden you get distracted. So you try to narrow narrow that focus and mm-hmm. bring everything into sort of like this really really fine um, adjusted scope of opportunity and try to make every plays as best as possible. So, yeah, I remember the national championship. Yes, I remember the last 20 seconds. Yes, I remember Ryan Leaf. Yes, I remember winning the game. Yes, I remember the parties that were afterwards. <laughs> um, but in all reality, it was like a blur. Yeah, man. You ever seen those paintings where we were just actually talking about my friend Keith Rivers? He's over on a... We've had him on our show, too. Art, dude. Yeah, he's like, dude, art, loves it, Art man. pilgrimage, whatever he's going through. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Whatever they call he's like, it. Like Keith Rivers is like a beautiful Jackson Pollock, you know, painting. You know, he's just all over the place. Yeah. But now he's uh, starting to refine his palette, you know, into that Picasso. And sometimes that takes that takes a moment when you're um, re- rewiring. I like to say from the National yeah. Football League. So I'm excited for him. I hope he comes back, but I kind of doubt it. <laughs> no, we we had him on our show uh, a couple months ago. And he, we were talking, we were talking, we were te- we're Longhorns, right? So we're talking SC Longhorns. He played in the game. We're talking, we're talking. We start talking about art. Boom. He Dude, lights up. Game over. He, he, lights he, up. Knows he lights up. He goes yeah. deep. You know, one of my friends, uh, Dan Gilbert, talks about that all the time. 
in terms of like there's a lot of people that can go a mile wide but there's not a lot of people that can go a mile deep and that's where you really where you get obsessed with something and it keeps you up all night and it becomes everything that you think about everything that you do because you believe that it's so important not only for yourself but really your legacy and everything else that you want to that you want to do and for someone to be able to find that as Keith has found that yeah. in his transition from the National Football League into his new world of art and art curation and art collection um, it's a perfect place and I think it's I think it's wonderful I think it throws a lot of the stereotypes that most people might perceive of players not caring about art sure. you know, might throw in you know, a lot of those like soft I mean there's so many different things that are associated with art right yeah and man. Keith is uh, the very definition of what it means to be a football player so if that is the case then art should fall into sort of that same discussion and that should fall into the same you know uh, dialogue about who people actually are let it's me ask a, you this then. All right, I think it's the obvious follow-up question. What's your mile deep? Uh, what what what's like your art then? Uh, my art are um, or is people. Okay. You know, I love learning about people. I love learning from people. But more importantly, I love the transference of that knowledge from one person to the next. Um, and I believe sometimes, you know, the next generation, the next person hasn't had the opportunity to have conversations with people like I have and they haven't been able to learn from people like I have so I'm able to pass that that on um, you might say how does that translate into the world of a business mm -hmm. well that's business development totally right that's building relationships um, and in my current state you know I've recently moved up to uh, the state of Michigan I went to the University of Michigan and decided to, to move back because I had an opportunity in order to build companies but really my focus in building, you know, our company's called Petrum Data, was about uh, re really kind of establishing a new business in Detroit um, and integrate ourselves alongside and partner with a lot of those minority companies that are up there because I really believe, you know, Michigan is one of the strongest diverse um, communities of businesses and minority companies have been around for a long time and, you know, through moving through Michigan, moving up to Michigan and at the same time understanding sort of what's happening in our in our political landscape and I think about Michael Bloomberg who I'm supporting running for president for 2020 NYC baby let's go he's an amazing person yeah, he's great. You know, he, all, all he cares about this all-in economy right he's about increasing the the minimum wage he's, he's all about um, people being able to have an active voice and participation in the changes that need to happen in this world. He's, a, he's about bringing communities together. He's not about splitting people apart. He's, he's about you know the Greenwood Initiative, which is talking about minorities and really about in, in investing in those communities. Seventy billion dollars, doubling the amount of minority mm -hmm. companies, you know, hundred thousand to two hundred thousand, and so. When I moved to Michigan and then I heard about Bloomberg, I mean, these two worlds are ultimately colliding. And so I'm leveraging my platform, the mm -hmm. people that I know and the communities to kind of create this, uh, this synthesis, right? Yeah. Because ultimately he, as well as everybody in the Bloomberg campaign need to know more people. And so you all, you know, whether you support him, it sounds like you do, right? I you like know, him as a person, you, man. You, you understand a good him guy, through, yeah. You understand him through New York. You know, I know when you're on the radio, can't necessarily take a sort of a political approach, but we podcast, all, you can do whatever you want. We can do whatever the hell we want here. Well, you know what I'm talking about. The yeah. world yeah. is split, and he's the only one that's really going to bring people together. Everybody that I've ever talked to always says, you know what? If Bloomberg were to run, I'd support him. Mm -hmm. Well, then go out and support him. 
He's not asking for your money. He's asking for your advocacy. He's not asking for you to write a check. He's asking you for to ask a friend. And there's a lot of things that you know that are listed throughout his policies that support everybody. Earlier, you know, while I was out here for the Radio Row, I was supporting Special Olympics. I mean, all the things in his policies are supporting those that have disabilities, especially around things around infrastructure, which are also supporting the minority communities, which are disproportionately aligned next to highways and other places where there's a lot of traffic. So mm -hmm. you put in infrastructure in order to reduce. Um, the amount of traffic, therefore the climate gets better, therefore the communities get better, the health and wellness goes up. I mean, there are all these Everything's integrated. Yeah. yeah. These are all these different levels. So these are the things I obsess about and I go deep on um, because they're things that are important to me and my community and my friends and what I want to see or what I wish to see in, in the world change. You teach it all? Uh, no, thought about it. I'm you not could. that organized. You know, it's amazing. You could. I don't know, man. That's a pretty. That, that, you could. You could laugh. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go I'm vote. Like, dude, I, I stopped talking. To him. Yeah. Where's the poll box? I'm ready oh, to go. Man. Yeah. Well, poll box is that phone of yours. So get on it. Yeah, um, man. Talk about Special Olympics. Um, Special Olympics. I mean, what what can I say about them? Um, amazing organization. I was able to spend some time with a guy named. Uh, Juice Williams, and he suffered a stroke at 37, you know, a major hemorrhage in his brain, and you know, his whole life changed. And yeah. for each and every one of us, our life could change, boom, like that in an instant. And a lot of that was caused by the stress that it was in his life. Think about all the stress we have. We're all ticking time bombs that are about to go off, and the only thing that keeps us together are our friends, our community, our countrymen, our our. our our, our our sports really mm -hmm. right think about it. for me it was his sports the best family there is best you know what is. and he suffered a stroke almost died was in a coma for for 10 um 10 days Jesus. came back taught him you know had to be taught again how to walk how to play basketball and now semi-pro played in college and now you know he's one of those mentors and special olympics there's a, there's close to a million Special Olympic athletes in the in in the country, and, um, and there's countless more volunteers that are all around the entire country and throughout the world. And the, the 2022 Special Olympics USA Games are happening in Orlando. We all need to be able to support the Special Olympics because we all are affected by it. We either have a friend or family or, or other person that is involved and we need to be able to support them as we've been supported yeah. to, in order to prevent our ticking time bomb mm -hmm. from going off. And so that's why I got involved with them as well. And so everything that I believe in, everything that I support is all interconnected to this world. That's great. Damn, man. Yeah. That's, that's just pretty talk. Uh, I'm into that, man. I mean, the, Jamal Charles fell Longhorn. He's, he's super involved in it. And it's something that does, it's, it's, first of all, it's good competition. They're athletes, for sure, you know? And it's definitely something that we need to televise more, in a sense, or just give more awareness to and just be more, because they're a part of the community. Look, if well. Juice Williams showed up right now and there was a basketball court, I guarantee you he would hit more three-point shots from outside than anybody else that was sitting here, right? But everybody, you know, a lot of people think, well, Special Olympics, they they dumb yeah they just assume well this yeah. is pretty, just yeah. assume and and now with the integrated sports through Special Olympics, what's amazing about that is they're able to um, bring in intellectual dis uh, disabled individuals along with intellectual non-disabled individuals together, and they're both able to work together and play sports together right so no longer this goes back to this sort of divided country this divided world no longer are those that have disabilities sitting in that corner and those that don't have disabilities sitting in that corner now everybody's sitting in the middle right and so going back to the bloomberg conversation i'm all for people coming to the middle 
right? Yeah. Versus mm. people going to the outside. And right now, that's how the world looks to a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, um, yeah. and unfortunately, that's a bad position to be in. And hopefully, um, Bloomberg will be able to bring everybody together to the middle um, when he wins this election. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, he's he was great in New York. He just was, you know, he's no bullshit. He doesn't mess around. Look, he's crime like, crime de- decreased in New York City by nearly 30 percent. Um, the amount of res- um, the amount of uh, people behind bars because he, can't, he came up with alternative plans to go into prison decreased yeah. by about 30 percent. Crime, you know, there was just there was just so many things that happened in New York. And it was a, at a critical time in our world. It was at a critical time when everything happened. I was there when I was playing for the Giants. I mean, I got to know Bloomberg for yeah. for quite a bit of time. And so so everything, I mean, he also set up, it was a Silicon, Silicon uh, Alley, right? Yeah. So he was, he set up opportunities for um, small businesses and um, he started, he, he started working with uh, entrepreneurs in terms of being able to facilitate and allow their businesses to grow. I mean, everything that he's done in New York, if he replicates that or when he replicates that in the United States, you gotta hope he can. we become a better country as a result of it. That's just about everyone accepting it. Brandon Lang on. You had a question, Brandon? I just wanted to ask you a question. Get back to Super Bowl for a second just to validate what's going on in my brain. As a pass rusher, when you have to pass rush a mobile quarterback, you approached out with a little less caution than ears back, knowing you got to maintain gap control or, or a passing lane to not lose contain. You can't just pin your ears back and say, I'm coming. If you know he's mobile, do you ha- is there a one-tenth hesitation to know I can't? I no, can't. absolutely not. Okay. There's no hesitation because then if you hesitate, then another person potentially could hesitate or if they've got their ears pin- pinned back and you don't, then that naturally opens up a gap of, uh, of of irresponsibility. Okay. Right, and that's where ultimately people start to escape. And so, I never think about from a pass rushing standpoint ever going in to a mobile quarterback situation. And oh, now let's just like slow down a little bit, right? If everybody's going fast and everybody's on the same page and everybody's covering their gap, because there's natural stop gaps that are put in place in order to protect if you stunt into the stunt to the inside as a as a defensive lineman and as a middle linebacker you're getting over the top. If I slow down getting over the top and you're stunting to the inside, then automatically the quarterback's gonna escape to the outside, right? Or if my responsibility is to pin him in from the outside and all of a sudden I jump on the inside, he's got a another natural path to the outside. Or if my job is to keep in the middle and I'm the middle linebacker, I'm able to stay in the middle and I'm spying on him, mm. right? So you never want to slow down. If anything, you want to speed up because then that disrupts the flow, right? Everybody in their mind, right? Think about it. Make it real easy. When you woke up this morning, I guarantee you, you went out the same uh, way that you came in. Most people never adjust and go to the right or left. Think about how annoyed you get with the road being closed. Yeah. Right. Think about how annoyed mm-hmm. you get when the when the light lasts for a little bit too long. In other words, you get out of what you normally your see, right, okay. your rhythm. Yep. Rhythm is disrupted by change of pace and time by those in and around you. Right? Imagine if you go outside and you make a right instead of making a left. The new people that you meet, the new things you would see, right? So all of a sudden now you go fast, you go slow, you kinda of temp you you don't change your your um, you don't change your intensity, but you can adjust your cadence and course because they're going to be used to something that they see, 
And that's the game of football. When you start to adjust to the things that you see and you're able to recover from that, that's when you're incredibly successful. And that's why Patrick Mahomes is so good as a, as a quarterback. Do you think mm. they got to put Alexander as a spy? Uh, yeah. You definitely have to put somebody as a spy. But, it. It, but look, it comes in, ter in terms of like, he might be a you don't know who's going to be the spy. You do have to spy at certain times. Yeah. But a spy oftentimes is not necessary depending upon the coverage. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Donna, man. You got to let you go, man. But Where dude, are we going? We, Where you, are we you're getting? rolling over there. I want to listen to you more, but you got to roll out, man. Uh, we'll, listen, we'll be listening back to take notes, man. I'm signing up for great. your class whenever you're teaching it. I'll yeah, you there. just let us know. We're rolling to you, Mitch, yeah. baby. Bloomberg 2020. All you got right. it, baby. Right. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, man. <laughs> was I right or was I right? It's a trick question. Because I was right. Dahani Jones, great interview, great guy, super nice guy, really friendly off the air too, um, which you love to see. And next up, this is not one I was on, but I got to watch this one and listen to this one. Uh, Ricardo Lockett, I mean, what he's doing is amazing. So guys, check it out. Here we go, Ricardo Lockett. Yo, Rose, Super Bowl 54, Cam Rogers coming at you. Alex Tosopoulos alongside a couple of all-stars here. We have Ricardo Lockett and Herman Taylor. Ricardo, of course, former wide receiver in the National Football League. Mr. Taylor, a world-renowned cardiologist we have a lot of insight here on the believe podcast network gentlemen welcome to south beach enjoying it thanks for having us thanks yes, for having of course. us very much thank you ricardo of course a super bowl champion my friend and it is super bowl week i want to just get your thoughts on what's going through the minds of these players for the 49ers and the chiefs a lot yeah. A lot. <laughs> I don't even put. know where to start. Right, right, right. So, I mean, if, if you can start from the point of um, from, a, from a rookie. So we'll start from a rookie. So imagining, imagine this is your first year and you're so excited about, you know, being in the league and, you know, maybe I can make the team, you know, during training camp. And then, okay, I make the team. And now hopefully we, you know, we make it to the playoffs. You make the playoffs and it's like, oh, my God, we can possibly go to the Super Bowl. Right. And then you actually win the NFC or AFC championship and then you make it there and then everything explodes. So then that's when you get the tickets and then that's um, everybody in the family wants the tickets. That's when you get the hotel rooms and you have to pay for all those and you get the flights and all of that. And then you have to learn this playbook, um, which is totally designed for that team. And it also has the tips from other teams in your conference. Um, so, and, and, and your job is to know your playbook and know your plays and also know that player as well as you know your mom. So you have to know what he's thinking. You have to know what, it, what does he do in certain situations, uh, tendencies, uh, watch his hands, watch his eyes, uh, watch his feet, is he nervous, all these type of things. So it's a lot, uh, you know, <laughs> on the field, off the field. and. Uh, and that's not even including talking to you guys, Radio Row yeah, and yeah. all this other. Yeah. So, and, and like I told the other guys, like imagine if you had an opportunity to change your family's life. Imagine if you had a, ch a chance to play a game uh, that could buy your mom a house or it could buy your kids, pay for your kids' tuition. And it's the most important thing in life. But at the same time, you have to uh, kind of put that focus to the side and talk and smile and kiss babies and go out and do this and that. But, you know, it's the most important time of your life. So so do you think, I mean, a lot of, from what the fans hear, right, the coaches are telling them this is just another game. Yeah. Is that the type of mindset that a player should walk into this game with? Or is it the, the opposite of that? And it's not just another game because it will never actually just be another game. It's, it's the Super Bowl. Because and treat players it, like to downplay it sometimes. Treat it like it is. Yeah. For sure. And um, I think that's a part of, um, of, of the psychological point. Yeah. I think it's the same thing uh, as the as, uh, world-renowned uh, Herman Taylor next to me, um, every 
you, there's no such thing as a routine um, heart surgery. Right. You know, uh, because that's another person's life. They've never been through it. You're dealing with an entire different family. Um, you know, uh, once you become complacent or relaxed, then that's when things go wrong. So the hard part about this is being a professional at your profession. And that is treating it as if it's just a different game, even with all the elements that I just described. You're talking yeah. about uh, Super Bowls, and how about we talk about real life, Ricardo? Okay. What are you up to uh, in the post-playing days? Man, I'm excited. I'm, I, first of all, I'm glad that you asked me that. I'm yeah. excited to be here in Miami with you guys. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, man. Little Not a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad yeah. yeah, you look, you look <laughs> like you're ready to roll, man. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Right, but we, so you look like you're ready to oh roll. Oh yeah, I am. We were I at am. Jay Glazer's party last night. We were ready to continue to roll. For David. sure, <laughs> for continue sure. To roll. Needed that coffee this for morning. Su- for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, but but for now, um, it's all about the future of football. Mm. It's about uh, the future kids that want to play, uh, guy or girl. It's about that college kid that wants to go to the NFL, and um, it's up to us, uh, myself, and, and the Harvard football and Morehouse uh, medical staff, to make sure that that guy is able to hold his kids after he plays football. That guy is able to drive a car. It's awesome. Uh, you know, everyone's, you know, cheering and screaming, you know, for the football game, but nobody knows what's going to happen after Super Bowl Sunday, Monday, when his wife has to walk him in the house. Or yeah. you have a 6'7", 325-pound guy leaning on a 5'10", 115-pound woman. In the days of fantasy football, like, fans don't think about that stuff no, either. No, no, Imagine what she has to go through. Right. So it, it's that type of thing. We and, and we're focused on making that better, and I think that is far more important than um, any catch or any throw that can be can be done. Because I'm pretty sure, uh, if you ask anybody that's been retired more than 10 years at this point, if they would take a couple catches and throws back uh, to be able to do certain things with their family, then I I have no doubt that they would awesome. choose their family. And Herman, yeah. where do you fall in terms yeah. of all this? Well, first of all, you're um, obviously a key factor. Well, thank you very much. Um, I mean, but listening to Ricardo talk, I think, um, really brings it all home. What we're about in the uh, Football Players Health Study is trying to make sure that people like Ricardo not only have excellent playing years, but that for the balance of their life, which is the majority of their life, that they um, are active, that they can do the things they want to do, that they have the highest quality of life possible, Mm. that they're not impaired by what they did for all of us and entertaining us during those uh, magical years of being in the NFL. So um, we're concerned, of course, about things like concussions and the consequences and the aftermath of that. But what distinguishes our study is that we look beyond concussions. The things that, if you you look at the lifespan of a football player, um, the things that cut it short are things like cardiovascular disease. Uh, sleep apnea, you know, there's some, been some high-profile cases of people dying in their sleep mm. from related to sleep apnea. There's uh, things like diabetes, high blood pressure that don't get a lot of the headlines, but that actually take a much greater toll on football players. So that's what we focus on in the Football Players Health Study. And, you know, when you meet and interact with, with guys like Ricardo, uh, you know, you, you, you understand just how important it is for us to continue this work. Um, they are the most elite, you know, physically of our whole society, probably of the whole world. Right. That's one thing. But I also have come to appreciate just what an intelligent group of men this is and a group of men who are inclined to be giving, to be uh, contributing members of society. And if we can't work with this group to optimize their chances and what they can do, then, um, you know, we, we that should be a priority for uh, science. Sure. And we learn as we help them, we also learn how to help other people. Uh, we, you know, everyday people like you and me, 
can learn from the lessons we're learning from the research. You know, Ricardo, I want you to... One, you have the best voice. <laughs> Yo, dude, you should be a voiceover of some commercial. I'm mesmerized. Kraft right. <laughs> mac and cheese, I don't care. Just pick something and do it. <laughs> Yo, this is yo. This has been the best interview so far. Yeah, it really. Has. Period. Dude, yeah, we're just talking yeah. chop. We're not no, we're I mean, just chillaxing. But and, I, uh, I think it's super important what you're talking about and what yeah. you brought up earlier about the youth, right? Like we want them. To, we want people to keep playing football. Everybody loves watching football. Yeah. Players love playing it, right? Yeah. But if there's not a conscientious effort put on life after football, a lot of parents get scared, right? To to Absolutely. send their kid to seventh grade training camp, right? Or whatever right, it is to play right. on JV, to play. Exactly. They get scared to do that. And exactly. I think that, you know, it's important to like talk about what you guys are doing because that helps me feel comfortable. I mean, I'm not a father yet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I hope yeah. to be one that day. We know right? uh-huh. <laughs> that we know of. Right. Don't scare me like that. <laughs> Wait till you get back home from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo knows. Oh, God. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Ricardo mentioned that, that, that image of the six, seven, 300 pound guy totally, leaning totally. on the, the, you know, the, the slight, uh, uh, but devoted uh, partner. Um, we're also interested in that relationship and how, you know, what's going to, what the world is like for the partner and the family. And we're starting a, a small segment of what we're doing in the, in the study to look at, you know, just how the football playing life impacts the, the woman in the life, the partner and the families. And those are important relationships. You know, and if that's not right, even during the playing years, if that's not right, that affects what happens on the field. Totally. You know, nobody sees that, but it's a part of the equation. You know, when yeah. you see the numbers, Herman, about CTE and all of these mm. studies that come out, do they concern you? Do they probably mm. motivate you to do more, obviously? Yeah, yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not sure of the extent of the problem. Uh, you know, I mean, some of the, the data on players who have passed away, you know, has to be put in context. The reason that they had their brains donated was because there were problems. Sure. So the fact that you find problems doesn't mean that everybody who plays the game has the same problem, mm. right? So we're trying to put all that in perspective, understanding that bad consequences can be um, related to multiple brain injuries. We, we know that. That's not really news. The question is, just how widespread is it truly? And how many of the things that we observe in people's behavior, or um, their loss of uh, cognitive ability. How much of that is aggravated by playing the game? Sure. I mean, that, that's still an open question, although it's right at the front of what we're trying to figure out, along with our other investigators in Boston and other places that I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, there's a lot yet to learn, and the only way to do it is to get as many players involved in this type of study as possible. So far, we've been uh, very fortunate. 4,100 guys have enrolled, uh, and 1,200 of them have um, done a second interview. Um, and we're bringing in um, a group of players who are at the extremes, you know, the guys who are really very fit after playing versus the guys who are having a lot of trouble. And we're trying to determine, you know, what distinguishes the, the two uh, outcomes from one another. What's that fork in the road? Right. What's their approach? Or whether it's behavioral, psychological, or whatever, or is it you know physical and genetic, we're looking into those details as a part of the study, with one purpose, and that is to improve the players' lives. We inform the players of our results and and their doctors as soon as we get things that are solid. The more players we have, the more solid it'll be. So part of what we want to do is be sure that players are alert. 
to what we're doing to get them to enroll, to go online, contact us in order that uh, they can be a part of this. Ricardo Lockett, Herman Taylor here on the Believe Podcast Network. You know, guys, I think the NFL certainly isn't for a lack of trying here. And Ricardo, I would love your thoughts on this with, you know, more yellow laundry, if you will, on the field these days, protecting the quarterback, protecting the wide receiver. And, you know, it's a good thing, Herman, of course, to protect these players. But at what point at what point does it become too much, Ricardo, where, you know, it's a flag every play as you watch all these games? That's that's the hard part. That's that's finding the middle ground. Yeah, that's finding the middle ground because uh, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, even if, even if you want your kids to go outside, I mean, just think about it from that standpoint. Like, hey, we're gonna go outside. We're gonna play basketball. This, this, and that. What is the different? What is the the fine line between babying your kid and like, you know, letting them play with the boys and yeah. becoming tough? Let the boys play, right? Yeah. yeah. So mom and dad are gonna have different opinions. How on do you that. really learn the lesson, right? Like, right. which way is it? And I think I think what you're saying is right. It's a mm-hmm. middle ground, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You gotta, but you have to explore it, right? Yeah. You have to. You got to make that rule. You got to change it if it's not working. Yeah. And be willing to adapt, which I think is, For I sure. think, right? For it's, sure. And that, yeah. and, and that makes logical sense. But the only difference with the NFL and, and with mom and dad is it's two people that love this kid. Yeah. Uh, the NFL is a bunch of guys that either love the game, they either love money, but none of them love you. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be another you. And yeah. it's going to be another you. It's a guy they, waiting right behind you. Yeah. They yeah. own the team. So they're not. You get hurt, they're going to bring in somebody just like you. Right. So the Harvard uh, study group, we're trying, we have the back of the players. Uh, we'll let the NFL decide how many flags they're going to throw and how they're going to do it. Uh, that's their house. But in the meantime, we're going to make sure that even if they don't throw any flags, that the guys will be okay. That's great okay. work. Great work, important work. Herman yeah. Taylor, Ricardo Lockett, thanks so much, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Ricardo Lockett and Herman Taylor, cardiologist. Dr. Herman Taylor doing some amazing things, guys, for the NFL youth. You know, injecting that love of the game back in the youth instead of shying people off and saying, okay, what can we do to change this and still and still keep this going? Alex tossing the rock to the top was in the room, and he's, and, he's, and he's loudly whispering Morehouse School of Medicine, shouting that out uh, for Dr. Taylor, uh, who's got one of the silkiest voices in the game. Seriously, you can't dispute that. Um, but one of the silkiest and smoothest suits in the game, I don't think it was silk, but this is just the sounds. You really can't see Ronnie Brown in this interview, but his his jacket was awesome. And uh, what he has to say is great, too. So up next, we've got Ronnie Brown. All right, guys, Radio Row, we got Ronnie Brown back in Miami. How does it feel back to be back in Miami, man? It's great, man. I mean, I love this city. Um, you know, this was where I started my professional career. Uh, you know, I love the community, and, and it's just great. The weather's awesome, so it's good to be back. It's cold in Atlanta right now, so are I'm you, enjoying it. Is that it. where you're at in Atlanta right now? Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing right now? Uh, so I work in wealth management, cool. um, you know, and, and really working with individuals and, you know, uh, a lot of athletes trying to help them, nice. you know, navigate these waters. Um, so many, you know, people out here that don't really have the best interests of some of the guys. So yeah. Um, to be able to help and just share some of the things that I've learned throughout my career um, and just you know, the maturity of my process um, of going from a professional athlete coming out of college to you know, being a retired guy with kids and you know, those responsibilities. How was that coming right out of college? I mean, you're the number two pick. You know, everyone, probably everyone and their mother's coming out of the woodworks for you. And what was that transition like coming into a big city like Miami out of Auburn? Man, it was different. Um, for me, I'm a kid out of Cartersville, Georgia. It's not the biggest uh, a city. 
um, then going to Auburn University and then just all of a sudden coming here to Miami, which yeah, is, right. you know, like a different world in itself. So, you know, to be able to come here and that experience, it was great, you know, and I think the thing about it is, and as athletes, we find solace in, you know, in our respective professions. But yeah. outside of that, that's the change that you have to deal with, whether it's family, friends, um, you know, just the individual um you know, I think elevation of your career um, and navigating the responsibilities, you know, and going through that and, you know, having access to so much more stuff. But then even outside of the access, it's just about, you know, the the, the pressures of performance, the pressures of um, what you should be or what you want to be or what people want you to be as an athlete. You know, I, I think that's that that's the part that gets a lot of guys. It's not necessarily the game. It's outside of the game. And you know, trying to navigate that piece of it, of being a profession and yeah, man. professional and, you know, trying to see, you know, how to do the things away from the court, away from the field, um, you know, and, and how to navigate that piece of it and be great at that. Yeah, and that's, that, that I'm sure that spurred your career after football, you yeah. know, knowing that, wanting to help everybody out and kind of guide them through all that. Right. You know, and I think as individuals, as we continue to elevate ourselves, um, there are so many people who are influential in that process. Yeah, and man. so just understanding that, that each level of success that we receive, we get to, you know, there are a lot of people that, that play a role in that. So for me, I understood that. And, and you know, I think the education of, of myself, I think there's always a self-discovery that we're always trying to figure out, you know, who we are, what we can be great at, what else can we do, how do we challenge ourselves. So, um, you know, for me it was on that level because I didn't have the, the best you know, financial education, which most kids don't coming out of college. Oh, but, yeah. You man. know, and so then also the, the abrupt change. So trying to be able to navigate that. And so I was like, man, this is a great opportunity for me to learn. But then also try to share that information with a lot of the younger guys, yeah. you know, and try to help them avoid the hurdles that, you know, so many of us that, that have come before them have ran into. Yeah. You know, did you know you're going to be the two pick? I didn't. I did Really? It. Where do you think you're going to go? I didn't know. I, I won. I was scared to go to the draft. Um, really? But then after that, you know, when I decided to go and participate, it was in New York at the time. Um, I used to go. I'm from New York. I used to go every yeah. year. So yeah. I'm sitting in there and I'm looking at it. And I see Alex goes and I'm looking over at Braylon Edwards' table. And I'm like, okay, he's going to go to Miami. I'm going to end up somewhere cold. Um, you know, not the best city to be in, you know, just from a, a, a you know, being a young guy wanting to be able to do stuff. Say it how it is. No one wants to go to Cleveland. We all know. I mean, you know, <laughs> unless you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's the thing that, you know, uh, tops everything is, you know, you winning and you don't matter where, it doesn't matter where you go. But, yeah. you know, I think it was great. You know, I, I was fortunate to come here, um, you know, be part of such a great city, a community, and, you know, being able to come back for these few days, it's been great. Yeah, it's awesome, man. When they presented you with the Wildcat offense, were you like, what the hell is this? Or were you like gung-ho about it? I was gung-ho about it. One, I was like, what is this? You could this? sling but then, a rock, dude. You <laughs> could throw it pretty nice. Yeah, and just, you know, you see, I saw it, you know, being in the SEC. So I saw Darren McFadden and, you know, Felix Jones and, you know, those guys, Peyton Hillis, what they were able to do. Yeah. Um, so to get the opportunity, I'm like, man, I've never played quarterback before. So to get an opportunity on this level to do that and then, you know, for it to catch on like it did, you know, I could never have imagine that part of Dude, it, it was but, cra- it, was but crazy, it, it, it was a great experience and i loved it and i appreciate every part of it i remember as a young i'm a huge patriots fan i remember as a young kid you just toss it were you nervous that first pass you threw in the wild man i was nervous the first play that we ran the wildcat because <laughs> i don't like every, i'm like everybody's going to be watching me 
I don't want to mess this up. And if I drop the ball, everyone's going to know. And then Wildcats well, over, yeah, too. Yeah, so then it's over. We're never yeah. going to be able to do it again. So luckily for us, it worked out, and we had a little success out of it. What's it like sharing a backfield with Ricky and Cadillac? You had one of the best college backfields, and you had a great, college, you had a great NFL backfield as well. It was great, man. You know, I think the thing about being around those guys, they're ultimate competitors. Um, yeah. You know, and they forced me to be my best every day. Yeah, um, you know, and to be able to share that with those two guys, you know, of their caliber of, of you know, athlete and then just the people that they are. Both of those guys are some of the greatest people I've been around. You know, and there's a continued, a continued friendship there. Um, you know, both of those guys were in my wedding. So, oh, um, really? Yeah. That's so, awesome, so those man. relationships were that's great. great. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and so that that's that's something that came out of that. One more question for you about the running back fraternity. Kind of, you see a guy like Raheem Mostert, not a number two pick, right? Undrafted guy, been bouncing around. How does it make you feel as a running back, knowing how hard it is to stick around in the NFL and you just get some snaps and playing you know, time? It's good. I love those feel good stories because there's only limited opportunities that, yeah. that guys get, and some guys can play. They just don't find the right situation. Or get that opportunity yeah. and so to see a guy like this who stuck with it who kept fighting who kept believing in himself and now to get you know um you know at, to this point it's great to see guys like that yeah. um you know and, and because you know it's how hard it is for me i understand the grind of it the day-to-day -day, how you don't feel so great in a lot of days you know your body's beat up you know and so in order to be great you have to be willing to do things that others aren't willing to do and you know for mustard for him to keep fighting and keep going through it and you know being on different teams but keep keep his head up you know this is what happens you know these are the stories that we like to read about these are the things yeah, that we man. like to see because you know it's, it's perseverance yeah, yeah. you know and i think fighter. you know you want everyone wants to see that story of redemption and perseverance yeah man that's great ronnie dude thanks for taking thanks for giving us five man loved having you we loved having jason campbell a couple weeks ago he's on the believe network with us he's a great dude he's talking very highly of you yeah that's my roommate yeah, that's your roommate you guys yeah. room together yeah any funny stories you can share quickly uh jason just don't know how to slide ask him about his sliding days as quarterback yeah uh, he looks like a, a toddler falling but, <laughs> that's um, amazing man. you know jason's a great guy i love him he's the godfather of my kid so damn dude you must have been the most likable guy in the locker room Everyone's i mean i try man life is about relationship and communication and yeah you know i think that's what makes things go uh, that's the engine to you know doing life and once you get rela relationships and people around you um that that share the same you know uh interest and uh character and everything it makes life a lot easier yeah man all right ronnie thank you so much for joining us thank man. you of course man the og wildcat inventor the guy who was who torched the Patriots in every facet. I remember watching him as a kid just smack us. Uh, it was great to share the microphone uh, and tell him how much he ruined my childhood one day, uh, just for a single day. Um, he he didn't take it to heart though, which was nice to see. And last we got Devin Singletary. This guy might be one of the toughest dudes in the NFL. Uh, again, as a Patriots fan, this was such a tough one for me because now I'm rooting for all these guys that I'm supposed to be rooting against. But that's what happens when you grow in the media. You know, but Devin Singletary, enough about me and more about Devin Singletary. Last one of the day. Enjoy, guys. Back at Radio Row, Believe Network, the charity stripe on the dish. Devin Singletary, rookie out of Florida Atlantic University. Huge year for you in the Buffalo Bills, man. How was it? Man, it was fun, man. I had a lot of fun. You know, it got cut short, but definitely had a lot of fun with the guys this year. Yeah, cut cut short, but you guys made it. You guys were good. Run into the playoffs. Like, what was it? What was it like when you came in rookie season? Now you have Frank Gore there, right? Talk about a mentor to look up to. You know, what was the locker room vibe the minute you walked in? You know, not many people weren't counting on you guys to make a playoff run, right? 
just you know coming in, it was it wasn't what I expected. You know, just hearing different things about the lead locker room. Yeah. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting. When I got in there, it was real. Like everybody was close, everybody talking. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was like real standoff. Oh yeah. So, so it, it was cool. It was like it was it was like a family vibe, you know. So um, yeah, I, I, I was you know they basically walked me with open arms. What do you did you expect everyone to be a little cold shoulder, a little like in the show yeah, kind of? Yeah. I, I thought it would be like that. I thought it was you know it was gonna be, right, it's, it's a business. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. here to do my job and that's that. But. Man, we, we, was, we like a family for sure. 100%. How quickly did they implement you in the offense? Like, boom, right away? Um, yeah, I, I ain't have no time to think. It was, it was right to it. <laughs> yeah. It was right to it, but um, I wouldn't have rather had it no other way. Yeah. Right, just thrown into the fire, right? That's the way we learn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah. You're preaching to the choir. Uh, <laughs> in the draft process leading up, do you have any inclinations that you were going to go to the Bills? No, nah, man, I, I didn't know where I was going to end up, you know, um, just going through all those meetings and everything. Yeah. But um, I, I was just ready to go anywhere, to be honest. You know, I just had an open mind about it. And I was just, wherever I go, wherever I would have went, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm just put in some work and get to it. Yeah, grew up in Florida. How's, how's Buffalo treating you? <laughs> it's always, dude, it's always so funny because it's always the guys that play in the south that go to the north and the guys that play in the north that come back down to the right. south. It's hilarious. I mean, just, I, I was happy, you know, just to get a change of scenery, you know. Being in Florida, it's, it's sunny year-round. So up there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to see fall. I'm going to get to see a winter. Yeah, a winter. you see a lot of winter, yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's cold at times, but um, I enjoy it for sure. Yeah. Do you feel like like do you feel like you need to wear something like sleeves when you're playing in the cold? Or are you like, are you one of those guys that's like, nah, it doesn't matter? Flex. Yeah, you got to nah, flex. I didn't put on no sleeves all Jesus year. Christ. <laughs> no sleeves. I feel like when you're out there on the field, you're not really. Yeah, and once you get going too, it's like really yeah, blood's pumping. Right. Yeah. What's your relationship like with Frank Gore? Man, that's that's my big brother. For sure. um, he just showed me the ropes, you know, about how to move on the field and off the field. Just you know how to go about things, and sometimes I just sit back and watch. You know what I'm saying? I can, mm -hmm. I can learn like that from yeah. Frank. You know, so I definitely appreciate Frank for everything he did for me. Yeah, of course, man. What's the journey been like? I mean, Florida Atlantic, it's not like you're at Alabama. You have to make a name for yourself. So where you're playing every day, at what point do you realize, hey, listen, I'm playing well enough that I might go to the National Football League? I mean, I had that mindset coming in. Yeah. I, I feel like no matter what school you go to, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you can ball, you can ball, and they're going to come get you. And, yeah. Uh, that was just always my mindset, just keep my head down and keep working. And it turned out the way it turned out now. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, you, you turned it on. Man, at the you, end of the year, you Everyone, roasted my listen, Cowboys, man. You yeah, roasted you, my Cowboys, dude. I'm like, I, I'm a Patriots fan. You, we already have you sit it down. You're now I can tell him? you. Now, now I can. He's already him? in. We can't get out now. It's like he's, he's pretty much. <laughs> so this is like this is your We've signing lost your contract. Like ten guests because of that. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I'm looking at you, and they're looking at Josh Allen, right? I'm looking at Josh Allen. I go, this guy's gonna be a problem for years because you know what? As a runner. I mean, you're running back, and you see your quarterback bulldozing people, a which is a, yeah, he's a dog, which is a sight to see. And then his arm is only going to get better, hundred percent. Like you guys, let's say you guys, John Brown, probably the most underrated receiver in the league. You know what I'm saying? The speedster. We've been trying he's to tell people all week that he's just an absolute beast. Yeah, yeah, the silent assassin. Oh, yeah. And now and he, I, can, and he can throw it too. He yeah, can throw he a couple. Can he throw a couple. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what was up? Yeah. And now I have to worry about you. And now I have to like, I have like now I listen. Now we have a rapport, so I'll be rooting for you a little hard, right? <laughs> but on Sundays now I have to worry about you. So how? What's the what's the vibe like in Buffalo? Man, it's it's special. It's it's something special going on. You know, just the culture and everything. You know that that's being built. You know, um, that's continued to grow. 
Um, it's, it's crazy down there. And y'all know about Bills Mafia. Y'all know about our fans. Yeah. Well, how do you fans. feel? How do you feel about them? Oh, we got the best fans. I love them. Yeah. They with us win, win, lose, or draw. They with us. So that's why I love them. They've how are the people? They've embraced you like hell, right? Oh yeah. Nice man. They show major love, you know, and I'm I love them for that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in your contract that said you can't jump through a table? <sighs> it might be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> if you read the fine print, yeah, yeah right. maybe. Woody, maybe. <laughs> if you win a Super Bowl, you got to do it. Just put your yeah. Uh, I don't know. These guys might not let you over there. <laughs> that <laughs> that, might not go, go too well. That's why you're in the NFL and not me. You're way, you got the good head on your shoulders over there because I would bury myself through one of those tables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, after the divisional round. I wouldn't even make it to the Super Bowl. Um, what, do you, what do you want the team to do, if anything, in the offseason? Is there anything that you want them to add offensively or things that you know you, think, you guys can grow from within? So um, I'm I'm gonna leave that to the guys upstairs. But good call. Definitely um they they've done a great job. I know they're gonna keep doing a great job. So I'm gonna just be ready to get get back to work when it's mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. What what about the rest of your rookie class? You got Cody Ford. Oh yeah. Big time right tackle. We're Texas guys. We've seen that guy play live. Right, right. That's a, a big boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He a beast for sure. Um, that's my guy. He he a real dog. You know. So um I, I love to play with dogs. Yeah. And Ed Oliver too. Talk about another yeah. dog. Ed, Ed, had a great Ed, draft. Ed a beast. He a beast. Y- you yeah. might, y'all might have won the draft, man. How does that feel to be a part of that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's major. Like our rookie class was yeah. something serious. All of us pretty much you know, contributed, you know, during the season. So that was big. Yeah. yeah. Does, you, I mean, you look at each other in the lock in the locker room, and it's like you got a bunch of young, talented guys. Right. You got to you got to be excited about mm-hmm. that, right? And, oh, yeah, and with definitely. Josh, kind of. As the, I feel like he's probably y'all's vocal leader on offense, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah, and he's sure. he's a guy you want to. He's a good leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what about Coach McDermott with the other coaches you've had? That's the that's the man. So Coach McDermott is like, he don't always say much, but when he talks, you know to listen. Yeah. Like his words is like you know to listen. So, um, but but he's a great he's a great dude. You know, I, I love him as a coach. I love his attitude and I love his energy. Mm-hmm. What was, it, what was it like going from Lane Kiffin to yeah. McDermott? That's a, that's a pretty different change, I would think. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing in coming, I would say, they, you know, they really got the best interest, you know, for the players. You know, they always kept it real. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's something that's that's big, you know. Um, you know, just being a player, you know, you, want, you always want to have, a, you know, that type of relationship with your coach where it can be real. So um, that's, why, that's why I love Coach Sean. Right? Lane Kiffin, though, great, good gig he's got now. You happy for him? Definitely, definitely. I'm happy for him. Um, it's a business. That's what it's about. 100%, man. It's a business for them, too. 100%, especially in the college level. Yeah, there's a lot of moving and moving and shaking. First day, right? You're a Buffalo Bill. You get drafted. Where are you watching, and what's that feeling like with your family? Um, so we was we was down here. Okay. Um, I got the phone call. I, I just I looked at the phone for a second, you know what I'm saying, before I answered it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's go time. I picked it up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I seen who it was. I'm like, I'm ready. Let's do it. So, um, you know, uh, I, I was glad, you know, that they came and got me. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm I'm glad for you. I'm upset for my Sundays going forward that they came <laughs> that they came and got you, man. But you've done one, you're great in the receiving game too. You think things will open up for you even more? Do you want things to open up for you even more? Is it kind of the mentality you have? Just get me the ball as much as possible. And let me do my thing. Yeah, whatever way they want to get me the ball, I'm gonna I'm be ready. You know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. work at that. You know, and I'll keep finding ways to get better. Mm-hmm. So, however they want to get me the ball, I'm ready. How is it walking into the facility first day as a pro? Oh yeah, I'm, so walking in, I'm like, yo, like I'm, it's kind of hitting me like that I'm really here. Yeah. But it, it didn't hit right away, but I'm looking around like, 
okay, okay, it's time to see what it's about. You know? yeah. yeah. So I, I was I was more excited, you know, than nervous. Yeah. So, um, mm. And now that you have one year under your belt, are you going to come in that much hungrier next year? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you definitely. feel like you've settled in now and you're like, you're really ready to go. Definitely, I feel like I settled in, especially towards the end of the year. You know, um, just got to keep building off that going into year two. Sure. Dude, absolutely, man. What was more nerve-wracking, game one or wild card weekend? None of them really. <laughs> no, nah, for real. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I don't really get nervous. Okay. I, just, I just, you know, like I don't get too high. Things, I don't get too loud. Kind of stay in the middle. That's just, that's just me. So I was just ready. I'm, I'm like, I, like, I'm trying. To, my first game. I'm like, let's see what it's about. And then going into the last game, I'm like, like, I'm really here. So let's put on the show. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the running backs you look up to? Because there's so many different kinds. You know, you have your obviously your Henry, your power back. Right. You have your slippery guys like Kamara, your patient runners, right. like your James Hart. Like Le'Veon Bell's like James Harden out there, just right, break right. it, break that thing down, and then boom, hit. Who's the guy you really look up to that you want to model your game after I going mean, forward? It's not it's not like one person. Yeah. I never like try to model my game after one person. I, I just watch I like watching running backs, period. Yeah. I feel like everybody do something well or better than another person. So I try to see what they do and I try to put it in my game. Yeah. But just to name a few, Barry Sanders for sure. You know I got Frank Gore. I mm-hmm. was watching him for sure. Uh, Shady. You know I had Shady McCall. I was watching yeah. him. And, and minus and the da- minus the dangle of the ball. Lay, lay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bread basket. So I'm, pick, so, pick, I'm sorry, who's the last one? Levy on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's something special. So, so piggybacking off of that, obviously those being some of your guys, and as a running back, you want to have all the tools necessary. But what's what's the one part of your game you're most proud of? If someone asks you, like, this is what I do great, just as overall, your college, high school, everything you've done, what's what's one part of aspect of your game that you're most proud of? My vision. Vision. Just being able to find certain things that a lot of people can't find. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. 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 Two more for you. One we always ask everybody that comes to talk with us. What's your favorite sports memory ever? Any memory you have. It could be high school. It could be in the backyard, dude. There's so many, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you one. Yeah. It was, probably, it was like a, um, it was a little league game. Um, I was living in Georgia at the time because I'm from Florida, but I lived in Georgia for yeah. two years. So I, lived, I was living in Georgia. And then it's different in Georgia and in Florida. Like the kids in Georgia are like bigger at the time. So I'm like 12, playing with oh, people yeah. that's like 180 or 200 mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, you got our lineman that's 250. So um, it, it was a game or whatever. Um, I had got the ball or whatnot. So like everybody like on me, like the whole defense. And somehow I got my way out. Like I, I found a way out and I scored for like 60 yards. So basically I broke like everybody tackle on the defense. And yeah. I don't know how I did it, but it's that vision. And then you're like, okay, I'm in. This is, this, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. You're so like, that was that's fun. Really one of my best memories. We yeah. had something similar uh, growing up on Long Island when Josh did the same thing. And I, <laughs> dude, I died at night. When we, it, when was, the, it was flag football. The, 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 when the Jews came to, to, to Uptown and then they were playing like, you know, like the, the Italians and the Irish guys, it was like the little guys versus the big guys and they right. monstered over us. But we didn't have that kind of luck you did. We just got demolished. We got creamed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to take yeah. it. You got to take your legs big game sunday who you got i'm going go with san fran just because the run game baby my teammate plays my college teammate plays with san fran so i, I want to see him get a ring yeah 100 percent. what's that like the brotherhood out now that there's a lot there's a lot of you guys in the nfl that's that's big you know just it's big because we, we know what it took you know just being on that grind together and just this our dream. Now we're living out our dream. So, man, it's a great feeling. You know, and I'm happy for all my brothers. Yeah, and how's it like going back to FAU? 
they love you there? Oh, it's love. Yeah, it's man. Love, man. I, was, I, I love them. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, from what I've been getting, they love me. Oh, yeah. So I miss always love when I'm back at the crib. That's awesome. <laughs> That's do, you, do you get to go You get to go back this year at all? Um, yeah, I came down. I, I was able to go back for one game. It was the game to put them in the championship. So oh, that's, let's go. That's awesome. That right yeah. And, that's that ca- and that campus is like a resort. Beautiful oh, yeah. campus. Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Paradise. That's not a school. <laughs> you got to go to school in the South. That's why I tell everybody. It's, it, it's, oh. the, it's the best place. <laughs> yeah. All right. Especially that. when you never know. You, you might get yanked and, and shipped up to to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you never and know. It, and then it's parkas and, and heavy winter jackets yeah, for the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. Buffalo's nice. I like yeah. it. Do you, oh, ever, yeah, yeah. do you get to go down to New York City a lot? No, not a lot. Oh, too bad. That, that's like my jungle right there, man. If you ever do, I'd give you some spots to go. I know a good pizza place or two over in that, in that sure. neck of the woods. Okay. Devin Singletary, amazing rookie year, man. Seriously, big time congrats. We were Appreciate pulling you from the jump. Only the best things for you, and we, we know they will come. Uh, the Bills headed for something serious. You headed for something serious. Looking for a K next season on the ground. We oh, believe yeah. in you, baby. You got definitely, it. Definitely. And a big performance out of Buffalo. Great talking to you, man. Best of luck, all right? Appreciate Take care. It. Yeah, of course, Thank man. You. Thank course. you. The king of FAU, Devin Singletary, another great one. Another great day. Radio Row. Super Bowl LIV, day three. It was awesome. Can't wait to see what day four has in store. And on that mediocre rhyme, we'll see you tomorrow and hit your free throws. We out ya. We love ya. The Believe Podcast Network. This is Joshua Fisher. You heard Alex tossing the rock to Sop, also the charity stripe. You heard Ryan Dirude of LA Football Network. And you heard Cam Rogers of Believe in Ravens. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.